Hey there, and welcome uh, to another episode of The Walk. I smell pine trees. Mmm, I love that smell. It always immediately transports me to, to the summer holidays, where, when I'm on vacation, walking through the forests of France, or whatever, wherever I am at the time. Ah, oh, that smells so good. The reason that I smell pine trees is maybe not so positive, because this is still all the... Uh, the, the the remains of the of the big storms that hit us in February, where uh, a lot of these forests. Oh my gosh! Look at this. They haven't even removed everything. There are trees stuck in trees. So, oh, this is part of a big branch that broke off, and now it's resting on these other trees. And under the weight of it, these other trees are starting to fall down. This so reminds me of uh, of, Vol- of the video game Valheim that I play, <laughs> where. There, there's a lot of hunting gathering going on and uh, you have to uh, go into the woods and gather wood in order to build your house and whatnot. And so whenever I walk here, I see all these fallen trees. I was like, where's my axe? I can start building an extension to my house with this wood. There's so much of it. <laughs> uh, and so the, I think that because the, the forest is repairing itself and maybe that's why I smell... All this, you know, this, these pine trees. Oh boy, I think in the summertime you'll probably, you'll probably not see any of this anymore because the wood, the forest tends to repair itself over time, and uh, and actually uh, the fact that this storm has destroyed so many trees by in itself is not such a problem because it uh, creates space for the other trees and they will grow bigger and stronger. Actually, I use that in a <laughs> in a, a video column that I recorded. So, as you know, I I'm still recording uh, these weekly video columns for the social media channels of my uh, old TV show because we want to give the community something to still stay together. And so, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, still contracted to make about what is it six more. I'm almost there. Uh, it's going to be done before the end of Lent. So, um, and the format that I've uh, uh, decided upon was to create these video columns where I, I'll write out a text. I read it from the teleprompter, <laughs> which is uh, uh, an easy way. What is that? Oh, that sounded like a car, but it's actually the wind in the trees. I thought it was a car coming from behind. Uh, I may have to be a bit careful here because this part of the forest clearly hasn't been cleaned up yet. So there may still be branches half half broken off from the trees and I don't want to get crushed underneath one of those. Um, so I'll just look up from time to time. <laughs> um, where was I? I was talking about... The, the the video column, yes, and I used that image of the storm um, uh, that kind of in itself feels like very uncomfortable and it destroy, destroys a lot, but the open space also gives opportunity for other trees, and I kind of likened that to churches, and you see a lot of local communities now having to close their doors because times have changed, population has changed, we don't have that many Catholics in my country anymore. Um, And so a lot of these old churches, they still look fine from the outside, but on the inside they're literally empty. 
that there's no life in them anymore. So it kind of makes sense that in the storms of our cultural changes, these buildings are, are disappearing. And then in itself, it's not such a... If you look at faith and the church as a living, breathing body that it is, um, it, it, you know, it will, it will grow again or something new will grow or the remaining churches will, will uh, take over the role of those that disappear. I wouldn't panic at all. Uh, if you look at nature, you see a nice, I think, analogy with the situation of the churches. Never be afraid to let go of stuff if you do it in order to focus on your priorities, on what's really important. If you stay rooted, like trees, you know? As long as you have deep roots that reach the water underground, you can wither any storm, you can wither any drought. And I think that is exactly what the church should do in these changing times. Don't try to hold on to the past. Don't try to find easy solutions and just going with the, uh, you know, the winds of change, uh, because what's here, what is here now, can be gone tomorrow in terms of public opinion. But instead, focus on on, on reaching out with your roots, strengthen your roots, uh, find a rock on which to build the future, and then uh, the rest will sort it out. Will sort out itself. Um, speaking of those video columns, by the way, as you know, I'm uh, working a lot on on uh, discerning what I sp- should spend my time on when I spoke about... Wow, oh, there's another bike lane. Oops, let me step into the mud here. <laughs> what is this? Nature Friends... Nature's Friends House? The Boss Bake. What is this? Let me take a look. Oh, so here you have... Uh, uh, this is a, a group of friends. Wow. And they have their house down the road here where you can gather if you are walking in, the, in nature here. And it's maintained, apparently, by friends of nature. Oh, you can even stay here. How cool. You can just rent a room here and then use the kitchen and everything. Wow. Oh, that is funny. Bosbeek. It means the creek in the forest. Bosbeek Benekom. It looks like it's built in the 80s of last year, um, look, judging from the photo. But I'll just walk in here and just explore, see what it is. Ah, there's that. Oh, it's bigger than it looks on the photo. Yeah, definitely built last century there's the end of the last century and there are signs here that point you in different directions and I assume as, as a friend of nature and I am a friend of nature I'm also welcome here so this is the house on the left wow it's like almost looks like a hotel and then here you've got some walks Belmonte Hartense Path Oh, so these two actually point to the right. I'm going to try this out. Since this is an official walking itinerary, it may actually be pretty. It is pretty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The sun is shining through the, the trees here. And uh, the grass 
on both sides of the path is still wet in the morning. So you've got that nice little, almost hazy mist over the, over the path here. And uh, I can see some birds flying through the branches. This is, these are all very small trees, very dense, perfect for, for birds to hide. Oh, that was a little red robin. How cute. Um, so, wow, it's so wonderful to, to walk here, but I get completely off track in terms of what was I talking about. Um, uh, the, 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 the priorities and, and uh, also finding this new workflow. <clears throat> That's still pretty hard because I was so used to that rhythm of uh, next week, deadline, Tuesday evening, I need to get that documentary done and then up on, let's go to the next one. And I tried to squeeze in everything else as much as I could. Um, now I don't have that fixed rhythm from TV anymore. And yet I know that for my own productivity, I need to set myself some deadlines. That's why we came up with that idea of making a documentary every month. Just to have something to, uh, to work on. And most of all, a reason to, to establish a new workflow. So I've been doing that quite a bit recently. And, oh, there's a regular road walking alongside this path. I did not know. I was like, where is this car coming from? Oh, is this it? This is the end? It actually leads me back to the road that I came from. Brilliant. <laughs> Just like, follow this wonderful road for lovers of nature. And then, yeah, close the door behind you. <laughs> back to the road. What? <laughs> Oh, what is this? A prehistoric funeral, a burial place. How cool. Yeah. Oh, let me leave. This is this prehistoric um, uh, burial hill is 4,000 years old and was constructed in three phases. The first one was, oh, there are no years, so 4,000 years ago, uh, was, was, they started this hill by the people that were members of the culture of the clockbaker culture. What is that? Clockbaker. Clock is uh, clock and baker is uh, mug. (laughs) Strange. I have no idea. Maybe it's uh, something that they used a lot in that time. Uh, They found... Uh, ah, they found a cup, uh, a clay cup and seven arrow points made out of stone, two firestone knives, and a wrist protector, also made out of stone. Cool. So that was the stone area. Then in the bronze time, they uh, made the hill bigger twice. Every time there, someone was buried here. Interesting. And then in, uh, around a thousand years, between uh, 1100 and 500 f- before Christ, they buried um, urns. It's, no, urns is probably not the word. But anyway, these, con- these uh, containers w- w- with the remains of people that they burnt. And... Ah. Uh, uh, interesting. And then they would bury the 
containers with the ashes of the deceased underground, and that would form smaller mounds. They've only discovered this last century that it was here. Fascinating. Oh, there it is. It's just a hill. <laughs> it's a small... If I didn't know that it was a burial place, I wouldn't have guessed it. But it's this weird, strange hill in the middle of a circle of trees. I guess maybe the trees weren't there back then. I had no idea that we had this prehistoric stuff right around the corner. Well, actually, I've been walking for quite a while now, but it's, it's close by where I live. And I had no idea. There you go. Exploration. This is what I love, by the way. If I had a camera, I would have made a vlog out of this. Um, but getting used to that new uh, workflow and, and figuring it out uh, also confronted me with the fact that I noticed that <clears throat> a lot of my old workflow was was just way too exhausting and it's definitely something that I'm uh, glad to be rid of. Um, I can go in two directions. I can go to the left or to the right. The right goes to the east, southeast, because the sun is there. And I'm, No, I'm just going to continue left. I like to have the sun in my back, just like I had during most of the Camino, where you constantly walk westwards and you always have a beautiful view because the sun is shining behind you. It's great for photography, by the way, uh, the Camino. <clears throat> oh, I so wish I could go back on the Camino. Maybe, maybe I will this year. Just take a month and just do a documentary about the Camino. I can choose anything right now. But that's also the danger, of course, because I've noticed that uh, stacking up activities and um, I'm, since I'm trying to listen more to myself, uh, I've noticed that, that I'm oftentimes just exhausted from some of the work. And a few weeks ago, I was talking about uh, this whole idea of uh, like not stealing from others, other energy accounts. I was likening uh, time management to basically budget management, financial management. And I was reading this book about uh, a guy who proposed to, well, why don't you have several accounts? One is for taxes, one is for uh, whatever. Like every, every account is for a separate financial, uh, money flow in your organization. And you pay yourself first. So you never pay yourself last with the scraps that remain. Because then you are, you are the most important person in your work life. Right? Work wouldn't get done without you. So why do you keep uh, spending uh, money that is for you and for your family and for you know what makes life worth living? <laughs> why do you spend it on everything else? Start paying yourself first and then make do. That's the, that's the second part of it because otherwise it would be, sound a bit hedonistic. Wow, okay. This is interesting. This path, this goes downhill and uh, to a small creek. And there is not even a bridge over this creek. Instead, we have two thick planks. Uh, <laughs> I have to walk across them to, to cross this water. Okay, that's number one. And there is a second pair of planks over that other creek. Just cross this. Uh, it's very muddy. Oops, almost. 
hit a tree here. <laughs> uh, these two planks are a little bit more run down. Ooh, yeah. They're starting to decompose. Ah, so this is uh, private property, but you are allowed to walk here on the paths if you are alone. If you want to do this with a group, you need permission. Whoa, exciting. I, this is really a new discovery for me. I love walking here. This is something I would not do uh, running, by the way. I like to run in the woods, but these paths are way too um, curved and uh, slippery. There are lots of, of, of tree roots emerging from the ground, so it's very easy to trip over if you're running. But walking, perfectly fine. Um, so uh, I love the idea that you don't steal from other accounts. And that was a big eye-opening moment for me. I realized I've been doing that for most of my life. I was always, for, if, just with my own time, you know, in order to finish work... Uh, and I wanted to do so much, you know, so I was so eager to uh, accomplish so much. I was stealing from an account from my hours that should have been dedicated to, for instance, sports. For years, I did, didn't do any type of physical exercise. Just sacrificing any moment of the day that I was awake to work. Because, you know what? I felt it was my obligation to do so. I cannot waste my time. It was all focused on, you know, making the most of every hour. Regardless of, you know, other factors in life that are important to, to be able to do the work. You also need time off. You need your sleep. You need time for exercise. You need time for social connections. Or just time off to rest your brain and so that it can restore it. That's all knowledge that I have gathered in the most recent years just by reading a lot of books on neuropsychology or working of your brain and uh, health, being also more uh, focused on improving that work-life balance. And so I love that idea of not, not uh, stealing from other accounts, even if you are the owner of all the accounts. Um, so, and then that also motivated me to make better choices. Because if time is a limited resource, then you'd better just pick... Oh, wow, there are more fallen trees here. Uh, oh, this one has fallen over the path. These guys are looking at me from their van. Like, What's this guy doing? Oh, I think they are... They're actually working here on removing the tree trunks and whatnot. They're just taking a break at their car. But I can see their equipment and a pair of... Headphones, or actually not headphones, but just earmuffs to uh, protect their hearing. Okay, this path is getting really muddy here. So it's a bit challenging. But hey, it said I was allowed to walk here, so I don't think I'm doing anything illegal. It's just that it's probably not a very popular area around this time of the year. Ew. Oh, there you go. My foot disappeared in the mud and that was I was that's why I'm not running here I did I tried that once and several times I got stuck in the mud that's how that's how how, how watery everything is here in the Netherlands um, and then of course if you have running shoes they're very they're breathing so but, but that's in order for your 
the sweat to go out, but it also allows the water to get in. So once you run here and step with your sports shoes in the mud, you, you feel the cold water seeping into your socks. <laughs> it doesn't make for a very comfortable running. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting better at... Uh, planning my time. So every morning I sit down, you know, my morning routine by now, I journal. And then on the basis of that journaling and having defined my own priorities and the, the frog of the day, if you don't know what that is, go back and listen to one. There's one episode about that, like the what's your biggest frog that you need to eat every day. Uh, <laughs> after that, I, I, I make sure that my calendar is uh, completely uh that I schedule everything that I said I was a priority. So it's the same as with budgeting, um, like the uh, you need a budget method uh, that tells you, you every dollar should have a, its own a destiny, its own a purpose. Every euro should have a purpose when you budget. And, and that's what I basically do with the hours available during the day. I give every hour a purpose. But it can also be just, you know, play a video game. Or sleep. Or eat. Or cook. Okay, that's the end of this path. Uh, I'm going left. Um, at one point I will probably have to consult my GPS. Because I have no idea where this is. I just know that I've never been here before. And I did quite a few walks and runs over the years. Oh, there's some caravans parked here in the middle of this open spot in the woods, and they look very old and decrepit. I wonder if people still live in those caravans. I hope not. <laughs> Looks like a, a perfect uh, set for zombie um, <laughs> zombie times, you know, where <laughs> the heroes have to find... Um, a, they have to establish a base and so they gather these caravans and build a fence around it so that the hordes of zombies uh, are kept out and ultimately of course they manage to breach one of those fences anyway I've been looking way too much uh, Walking Dead <laughs> oh but it's so gorgeous here I love it it's actually getting a bit warm it's because I've been walking and there's no wind so Oh, nice. Anyway, uh, so I've become, and what it helps me to do is to become much more, uh, how would you say that? Deliberate, purposeful, there's a word for that. Mindful, no. Anyway, <laughs> focused, you know what I try to say. So every... Uh, since I've, I've been planning my work days like that, I noticed that my output has become much, much higher, higher quality also, and I feel much more at ease to, tell, to give myself time off because I planned for it. And I count... Uh, I know that if I follow this routine, I will always work enough hours. So I'm not slacking off, and I can give myself permission to take a break. Actually, I should, because that's what I planned for. So every hour has its purpose, just like every euro in your bank account should have its, its uh, purpose. Um, and so, uh, oh, I smell the woods again. 
Oh, this brings me back in time when I smell this. This reminds me of all those times as a child I would be playing in the woods during the summer holiday. Oh, this triggers something very deep. It's wonderful. Positive times. Oh, this is why I love walking so much. Why I'm such a friend of nature. (laughs) It is so beneficial. And and you know, even this, I'm, I'm recording this podcast right now. I did not plan for it originally. I uh, had planned to write voiceovers for the next documentary. And that's pretty urgent. It's, a, it's important and it's urgent. Um, but there was a lot of noise in the house because they are working on the parish side of things. And so I figured, why not just go out in the woods and wait for them to take their break and then I can go home and focus more. I have a hard time focusing when there's a lot of noise uh, around me. And so the, oh, look at that. That is gorgeous. There is a brightly colored um, wagon. Is it called a wagon? Looks like one of those gypsy wagons that you see in the Wheel of Time. In the TV series, they build like eight of them for a certain tribe, part of the story. And this this looks like straight out of that movie. I've never seen one like that. It must be a hobby project of someone. Oh, there are actually people living here in these uh, in these caravans or mobile homes. Because there's a kid playing outside. That's funny. Hello. <laughs> Alles good? Yeah. Like a beach, yeah? <laughs> this kid walked up the hill to wave at me and say hi. Oh, wow, there are more of these old-fashioned gypsy-style mobile homes. Amazing. And I'm, like, in the middle of the woods. I feel like I'm in a fairy tale. So funny. I definitely have to look on the map. That's one of the advantages of carrying around a phone. It's creepy, but it's also cool. Uh, My phone... Uh, actually logs where I am even if I'm not using Google Maps or anything that's <laughs> one of the perks or or dangers of carrying around an Android phone because I don't think that Apple allows uh, Google to do this but it means that even if I haven't tracked my walks or my run I can still go back and and see where I walk so I can figure out what this place is because I really want to know it's really cool uh, let's see just this huge uh, open area where people live uh, um, in a, I guess, a community or something. Oh, it looks like camping. Here is a tent. But it looks all looks to me as if people are living here permanently. Anyway, so um, it has helped me a lot, that, that um, time management. And it makes me uh, more... Feel, I feel less guilt. It's still there from time to time when I play video games. Like, ah, I should be working because this is not useful. But, uh, or reading, you know. It's, but it is already a lot better than it used to be. So I wonder if I'm going to the right or to the left. I must be very deep in the woods. I'm going to the right. Because these people, uh, there are two people walking in front of me. An older man and this lady. 
and she has very brightly colored or almost Peruvian style socks that she wears over her her trousers. So this definitely feels a bit like uh, an, maybe an itinerant group or something like that. And I don't want to walk into their living compound. Um, so I'm just turning right here. The things you discover during these walks. Wow. I love it. Um, so the, the, there, is, there is one uh, thing that I discovered while doing this. I would still not be able to follow up on everything that I planned for. Um, I have been having these issues with fatigue, and it's very rare. Um, but there are days, for instance, like a Saturday a few weeks ago, I was so tired that I had to just sleep. And I went to bed in the middle of the day, and I was unable to get anything done. Now, of course, that was a Saturday, and a few weeks ago I made the mistake of also counting Saturday as a work day. Seriously. This is what I used to do when I was still podcasting different shows. <clears throat> Saturday would be podcasting day, and I would start at 3 o'clock with, uh, like, two shows that I would be streaming live and... Uh, and then I had, of course, the Saturday evening mass that we were streaming in the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And so Saturday, kind of when I started scheduling my work and being more purposeful with my time, I also did that with, uh, with Saturday. And just recently, I've been um, actually doing just, I was logging my time. How many hours do I spend on work and... Uh, what kind of work and how how much is it in total and oh, you can guess what happened um, I counted way more hours than are healthy and so I uh, figured out that if I take my the time that I spent on the work as a priest on Sundays which I have a mass on in the morning and then I've got the mass later on the international mass that we stream that in itself takes about five hours of my time, including, of course, preparation and uh, posting the episodes and whatnot. Five hours. Uh, that means that for the rest of my week, I've got 35 hours left. If I take the, the normal work days of normal people, five days, it means I work, I should work seven days, seven hours per per day, per normal weekday. If I do that, there's my 35 hours, which means that Saturday is not, is not meant for work. I can't, the Saturday itself should be without work. And, and that felt so weird to, uh, to, to acknowledge that. So just the other day, I went into my Google Calendar, and what I did um, when I was starting to map out my uh, intentional, that was the word that I was looking for, my intentional work division, I created this uh, kind of this template calendar. In Google, you can have like multiple calendars and you can make them visible or invisible. So I made this like the perfect uh, week and every hour has its purpose, including sleep. And uh, I may go over this um, maybe in the future or maybe I'll do that in a, one of those extra mile episodes uh, for my patrons because it's a bit uh, detailed. I'm not sure everyone is interested in that. But what it helped me to do was 
to uh, um, now that I started counting the amount of hours and actually taking into account the amount of time that I was working and uh, but also discovering how much margin there is in a normal 40-hour week as long as you are intentional about your planning. Um, oh, crossroads. Um, this may be actually a time for me to go look at my GPS and see where I am uh, because I have a feeling that if I take the wrong, the wrong turn here, it may take me several hours to get back home. Maybe not the best thing to do because anyway so i've scheduled this time i had scheduled this time for documentary and now i uh i'm actually spending it on podcast production because well i can shift it around you have to be flexible Uh, i was going to click on my calendar app here but that's of course not what i should do (laughs) i should click on google maps there you go it uh figured out where i am Oh wow. Okay, I was so I was moving to the east. Yeah, I'm pretty far away from home. I'm actually going in the direction of Arnhem and the the Veluwe, which is a na- natural park, but it's still a couple hours away from here. I'm going to click home. And then I'm just going to do start and it will tell me where to go. Nice. All right. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Oh, whoa, there you go. I made exactly the wrong turn. Sometimes the compass of my phone is a bit confused. And so you walk in a certain direction, and all of a sudden the screen will start spinning. It's like, uh, oh, okay, I'm not wrong. <laughs> but I think this is, this is the way. This is the way. You know what? Intuitively, I felt like I have to turn to the left here. And it turns out that that intuition, there you go. Or parallel way. Okay, I'm going to turn off the, the audio because I'm working here. My intuition work works. So uh, that uh, removing the Saturday hours uh, was such a liberating thing because it, again, it's not that I'm uh, lazy or that, that I've got that inner voice. That has been that I've been fighting with for so many years. They always told me, "Oh, but it's Saturday. You have nothing planned. You can work. You can do more." It's never enough. Well, it is enough now that I have a very good idea on where I want to spend my time on. I'm very intentional about my days. All of a sudden, I discovered, well, but dude, why should I work on Saturdays? Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. I felt guilty actually joining that running group in the first few weeks because I was like, oops, mud. Uh, I felt that Saturday was should be a day dedicated to podcasting or YouTube production or, or maybe making TikTok videos or Instagram reels and, oh, so many opportunities. Yeah, right. But you only have 35 hours left if you subtract your... Uh, your priestly duty. So let's not. And then ha- being able to remove that. So on, so on my, uh, let's say my, my, my framework calendar, I had two blocks of work every Saturday. Um, and I usually divide my work up in blocks of, uh, oh, this gets to, to uh, detail. I'll save this for the, 
for the extra mile people. <laughs> but anyway, I discovered that uh, I could just get rid of those two blocks of work, free up that Saturday, and now I'm so enjoying Saturday because I, I can basically just do whatever I want. I can go to the movies, I can go buy some clothes, uh, cook a, a bit more, or just you know, take it easy on Saturday morning, sit in my pajamas in the sunshine in my big Ikea chair reading a book. And I don't have to feel guilty about it because I, I work 40 hours. So anyway, that's something that, uh, that is huge, a huge discovery, and it's a game changer in my life. And I actually do get a lot of work done because if I focus and I'm intentional about uh, my time, then I do get work done. Uh, and I'm not wasting energy on stuff that isn't essential. All right, so according to Google Maps, I have to turn to the right here. And there is a bike lane. That's good news because these bike lanes connect the villages, which means that this bike lane probably leads to Benicom, the village where I live. Um, I can start wrapping things up. But the, uh, the, the, the other thing that I noticed was... Uh, not every hour of work is equal. And this was a missing aspect in my uh, time management plan. Even the idea of managing time itself is only part of the puzzle. What, I'm actually sh- what I actually should do is to manage not my time, but my energy. Because not every bit of work that I do requires the same energy. And since I had these days every once in a while where I have this relapse and I feel so tired, I can just barely walk. Um, I'm, that, when I go back and I try to figure out why am I so tired, it's usually because I've been doing very high-intensity work hours before. To give you an idea, uh, like one week I got this huge relapse on Saturday. But that week I had done... Uh, a big interview for a newspaper, for a national newspaper. And I'd been kind of a bit nervous about that. I had a talk with uh, some, like a business-related talk that was important for, uh, for also for, for future projects. And I, I remember, like, ooh, that was, you know, it was a good talk. But it's still, it's important, so it requires energy. Anything, even like a visit of friends... Is uh, does uh, cost me more energy than it would cost other people because of my more introvert character. So I need time to recover. Whereas other things, just sitting down and writing, uh, well, even writing itself has different levels of uh, of intensity. So writing uh, a, a short a text for a for a video for my YouTube channel is usually a, quite an. I like doing that. I enjoy it. It's like coming up with a creative text and uh, I'm applying the knowledge about story loops and how to keep the, uh, the attention of my, uh, of my viewers. It's fun. Even editing a video, it's, it's hard work, but it's not intense work. It doesn't drain me. Um, I'm, and I'm usually very happy once the video is there and you start to get reactions and comments and you get to interact with the community. I feel like, oh, wow. I should have done this much earlier. This is so much fun. I love this. But there are other aspects like the 
uh, one, one thing that I noticed is super draining is writing these long voiceover texts for the documentaries. And I think it is also kind of a temporary problem because it's, it's due to the way that we made those videos. Uh, our crossroads. Oh, there's a map here for bikers. Let me just go look at that and see where I am. Uh, and there's a railway on my left, which means that's probably the railway that goes to Ede. I am here. Ah, okay. So I can go straight ahead to number 88, and then I go and go 89, 17, and that will lead me back home. Yeah, that's probably the best thing to do. I can also go back to Renkum, but then it's much, it's much longer. Well, let's not do that. Let me just continue. But did I say 80, 88, 89? Those are the numbers that I have to remember. Um, I probably... Uh, should not walk on the biking lane. Instead, I'm just going to take the muddy path. Um, not every activity is equal. The, doc, the writing these long voiceovers also requires a lot of creative thinking in the sense that the documentary itself is already done. We're just juggling pieces around. We're adding stuff. We're... And what is the most challenging aspect of it is because we didn't film it with a particular sto- like um, arc in it, a standalone arc. We filmed it as a three-parter series for TV where you have this, like, it doesn't matter if it's just a journey. People will follow along. But if it's a standalone documentary, it needs to have a proper beginning, it needs to have a, a motive in a certain way. What am I going to try to find out? It needs to have a proper ending as well. And stuff needs to happen in the middle. And uh, um, that is something that we basically have to create, uh, in, not in hindsight, but after. Just We're puzzling together a story. And that is, um, that's really hard. And, and it's also, it's, it, it, it's even harder now that I am not editing these first three documentaries. Hugo is editing them. And, and he's got the material. I don't have the footage. So I'm basically trying to write the texts without knowing exactly what I have to work with, which makes it even more challenging. With other documentaries, I oftentimes would just uh, first do the editing and I would figure out the story as I went, and then I knew exactly, okay, I've got like uh, 30 seconds that I need to write a text for, and it needs to lead into this scene, so that's what I'm going to write. I would just do it in small pieces. Now I have to write that entire text, record it all, and then send it to Hugo so he can try to patch it all together. It is not an ideal workflow. Uh, It's much more time-consuming than I thought it would be, But that's a lesson learned for future productions where I feel that we have to focus more on uh, the pre-production stage where you come up with the story beforehand and you know that you have filmed everything you need to make a compelling uh, story arc for each documentary. But that's, that's where we are. But what I noticed is that I had stacked up that one week with so many of those challenging tasks like writing the, the voiceovers, having these social meetings, uh, interviews, no wonder I was dead at the end of the, of the week. No wonder I needed Saturday to recover. And so 
now that I'm discovering that not every, and this is actually something that I should have known because I've had ergotherapy um, in the recovery process after long, well, of, of long COVID, so after I first got COVID. Um, in the ergotherapy, I learned that you had to log your, not only log your hours of work, but also, or any activity basically, but also uh, write down the amount of strain it puts on you, so the amount of energy. And so you had to give it points. So this takes me so many points of energy. The whole concept of that was to become aware of the fact that not every activity requires the same amount of energy. And that the, the, the trick is to balance everything out. So to make sure that you do... For instance, try to fa- find your, be- your most productive hours. For me, right now, that's the morning. It's right now, actually, that I'm recording this. It's because I feel I have, still have energy. I have, my brain is working really well. Actually, a little bit too well, as you've noticed. It's sometimes I'm suffering from scatterbrain where, hey, look, squirrel. What was I talking about? Where am I? Who is this? <laughs> but this is a really good moment of the day for, for creative stuff, for talking, for teaching or whatever. So what uh, I know is that this afternoon I wouldn't be able to do this same type of talk. Um, I may have be able to do the walk, but I, I would be already more fatigued. And so the idea is you put your high-intensity, uh, high-energy tasks, the ones that uh, require a lot of that concentration and focus, you put them in, the, in your best hours. For someone else, it could be in the evening. As a student, I used to be more of an evening person, and I would be super focused at night which of course had huge consequences for the early morning prayers of the seminary. But um, uh, I, I knew that, that that was like my, my best time. So I would do most of my studying uh, late at night. Um, but now in this phase of my life, m- my morning is definitely the most productive time. And then for the afternoon, I should not just look at the amount of hours that I still have to fill but I can also try to find more balance in terms of what kind of activities are you going to do in the afternoon. If you enjoy writing for YouTube, or just the YouTube channel itself, it's still work, but it's a kind of a, like a fun activity, almost feels like a hobby. Um, so why not combine the two, write these documentary texts and doing documentary-related stuff in the morning, and then reserve two, two and a half hours in the afternoon for, you know, the YouTube channel, where it's actually also much less... um, What is important, I've noticed, for the YouTube community is that they see and notice that you are having fun doing it. (laughs) Which is, for documentary making, much less relevant. You just do your job. Uh, But since the social nature... Because of the social nature of of YouTube, um, just having some time to work on that and, and, and guilt-free as well, which is also is still an issue with YouTube because it feels like a hobby. doesn't mean it is. It's super important for, for I think, for the work that I do because it helps me reach out to so many people. But it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's okay if it's just fun. And that is also a way to kind of wind down the day. I still get something out there. And... and 
Well, that's still part of the whole process of figuring out how to manage my energy. And what I hope to reach, and that will probably take a lot of uh, experimentation, is to have a, a week, work week that doesn't drain me. Where on Monday I'm fully energized, I feel good. On a Saturday I can recharge my batteries. And, but even the work itself doesn't drain me. But I always want to have some extra energy to spare, margin. Also, not just time. That's the big mistake that I made in the past, where I, I only defined margin as time. But it should be margin in terms of energy. It's like actually very similar to running. Um, when I'm training here in these woods on Saturday, that, that one of my biggest issues that I've discovered, thanks to the trainer and thanks to the rest of the group, is that I would always go 100%. Whereas he, uh, the trainer, he tells me all the time, Father Roderick, just do 80%. And actually, divvy it up. Make, do like two kilometers at 30%. Go slow. And if you think you're going slow, you're probably still going too fast. Because they know me by now. So go really slow. And then you go 80%. And then maybe one time during this training... I'll ask you to go 100%. But that's very, very briefly. And it's just so, you know, you know where your margin is. But training, you do that at 80%. And I'm thinking, you know what? I should apply that to my work life as well. And work at 80%. Because you never know if you will need that 20% for something else. That's what I wanted to share with you. For those of you that are patrons, over at patreon.com slash fatherodrick. I will go the extra mile for you, literally, and I will go more in depth on how I try to do that energy management, uh, which is probably a bit too detailed for this public show. So anyway, thanks for your time. Hopefully this helps. Let me know if you have any ideas connected to what I was talking about. You know where to find me on social media or on the website or on Discord. Talk to you later. God bless.